Uh, hello, today we are here with Ian Trim. He is the presidential candidate for you. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Ian. Thank you, Sam, for having me, and I'm happy to provide any opinions or any commentary on different things. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, Ian, uh, you'd like to just introduce yourself to voters? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, my name's Ian, and I'm a fourth year international relations and public policy student. Um, so, I've I've been around for a while, uh, but over the past few years, I've campaigned with Focus and Empower, um, and this year I'm campaigning with you for UQ. Um, I'm also on the uh, academic board for the. I've been on the board for two years, but I'll be on it for another one. Okay, so uh, you mentioned a few of the parties that you were part of previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, what is you, and how comes you're not part of like uh, the other teams that like you were associated with before? Yeah, so uh, obviously with like focus it sort of just collapsed because um i guess the labor right um didn't really want to pursue a deal with uh, with the libs in last year um i think to a certain extent they were worried that um ethan was going to be president and they essentially just didn't want a liberal liberal president so that's why and so with like focus as well um it to my in my view it worked quite well in that um to a certain extent a lot of the politics was put aside and you know the mod libs as well as labor right and a few nuts sort of just came together and thought well what do you want what do we want to do to make the union better um and so that's my understanding of focus and i joined focus because um i wanted to contribute to that sort of environment of you know making the student experience better and then when um, that fell through. I campaigned with Empower. Empower were a Labour ticket, and they essentially, um, you know, they were there because, um, again, they didn't want to let a Liberal president win the election, essentially. Um, so I campaigned with them because, firstly, it sort of aligned with my values at the time um, because I was a part of the Labour Party beforehand. Um, however, fast forward to, I guess, this year. I sort of saw how both the major parties, um, not including student action, were um, weren't really representative. So in terms of like real, for example, what you had was an executive that wasn't really active and wasn't really doing much. Um, that being said, they weren't really, I guess... It was coronavirus years. Yeah, really. yeah. And even like with coronavirus, like you, you would expect the union executive to step up and to take a more active stance on different things um and sure. it, it was in my view that they didn't really do that in terms of empower um i, I basically like just jump ship from them because two out of three of the elected councillors just didn't attend a meeting all year granted they did attend the online meeting however that was in um, extremely i guess interesting circumstances where you know the union didn't really hold didn't hold a meeting in April and so they requisitioned it and you know because they requisitioned it they had to attend I guess um that being said they didn't really actually do much of that meet at that May online meeting either um and so I jumped ship from them um so basically the reason why I um started U for UQ was because I had a goal and Tristan Murdoch and Bradley Plant also had a goal and it was to get a lot of clubs and societies executives who essentially just want to make the union better. Um, a lot of the club executives who are part of you, for UQ, are, have been presidents, secretaries, treasurers 
of their respective clubs. Um, and so that's essentially why Youth for UQ was formed, because given each of our candidates' club experience, we want to come together and make a union, make the union essentially a better place and to make it the best that it can be for, for students so that they can benefit and do the best that they can in their studies as well. Yeah. Um, so on that case, um, what do you think are the, the, the key points of difference between you in terms of their policy platforms uh, compared to other parties that are running? Yep. So I guess in comparison to like real, for example, we have a lot of policies that are quite similar. Um, however, we've gone, we've actually gone further to outline how we're going to make the union more transparent. For example, I've I noticed on the real flyer that they actually don't have any policies that make the union more transparent. Transparency is like the is like my greatest passion, um, and I want to make everything open. And that's why I've been on like academic books. I actually want to make everything open. I think that's a point of contention between you for UQ and. So, real. what do you mean by more transparent? Because I'm yep. looking at your flyer right now, and it says more transparency for in UQU operations. Yep, so in terms of that policy and the way it's worded, essentially what I want to do uh, myself is firstly, I want to make the union business website, so the site where it has the council minutes, constitution, regulations, um, from, uh, from like, you know, from like the minutes from like the past few years as well, uh, more accessible and more well-known. I want to make, I want to ensure that we have special or student general meetings once a semester or you know, at the start of every semester and at the end of every semester. What I also want to do is that I want to make sure that the union Facebook page is getting the traction that it needs and that it wants. And by doing so as well, I want to ensure that we bring back firstly the president's report, making sure that every fortnight we can actually update students on what the union is doing and what it plans on doing. Yeah. Um, and I also want to use like UQ stalker space as well as a means of, you know, giving students updates on what the union is actually doing. Um, essentially following like, like the QUT model as well. So the QUT model essentially did all of those things minus the student general meetings. Um, they did like online Q&As, they did a whole bunch of information sessions as well. Okay, um, so, so Ian, what, why do, you, what do you think about the, no, that's not Ian. Uh, so Ian, why do you think you have the most experience or like have the best individuals uh, mm. to run the UQ union? Yep, so we've actually decided for the executive to put people who have been in various positions of, um, in clubs and societies into candidacy positions of the union. So what I mean by that is we've put the treasurer of the engineering undergraduate society, who's Eucharist, into um, into the position as the candidate for the treasurer of the union because he has experience managing large budgets, which is perfect because the union is a $25 million organisation. We put, for example, Gemma Benzi, who's the academic, who is currently an academic board student rep, and she will be next year into the vice president student, student rights um, academic portfolio because she has a she has a heap of passion for that position and that she has actually has it has had experience in that field before we've put bradley plant in our vice president's campus culture clubs and societies because he has um he has a lot of experience in running clubs and societies and being a club executive i think this year he's an executive of five different clubs so he lives and breathes clubs and societies 
And I think at the end of the day, the reason why we actually have you know, the most experience is because at the end of the day, we've been a part of clubs and societies. We have experience in managing people and we have experience in managing executives. Um, and I think that's why um, we are a lot better than the other club, uh, by the other parties. For example, um, Rebuild, who used to be in power, uh, who used to be in power, sorry, um, are just all like people from the Labour Party who don't actually have that sort of experience in clubs and societies and don't really have the transferable skills. I mean, yes, they can fight for issues, but at the end of the day, if you don't know how to, you know, work in your position, then you're setting yourself up for failure, in my opinion. Okay. Well, so in that case, uh, what's your theory for the case of how your party will win this election? Mm. I think at the end of the day, um, we've got the motivation and the drive to campaign as hard as we can. Um, given, you know, Tristan, Brad and myself have campaigned this June election before, we can actually pass on, you know, different tactics and different ways of campaigning well. Um, like we we did a, like a huge information session on Sunday on how to campaign properly and how to um, use, you know, how to like contest a conversation and we've been really effective in, in contesting conversations. On, on this coming Sunday, we're going to have our like voting training session and we're going to run, we're going to run all of our candidates through, um, you know, how to actually, you know, rope and vote, for example, how to get people across the line, what you need to do during voting week. So, on the, so what do you find have been like the successful talking points mm. when discussing with students? Yep. So I think the big one was the transparency point. Um, not, no other party is, um, is actually promising that. Uh, to the best of my understanding. Um, that one as well as, you know, actually ensuring that the academic advocacy network is being brought back. And while that's on other flyers, we actually have we actually have a plan because we moved the, mo- Brad and I moved the motion this year on council to um, essentially um, do the c- recruitment for like, um, you know, for the academic advocacy network. We have a plan and we fully, fully intend on putting in that plan, which is to, um, confer onto clubs and societies, whether it be the president, secretary, treasurer, or anyone for that matter who's on the executive a position on the advocacy network, because they have, they have like the constituents, they have the you know they have like um, exposure through their Facebook pages as well. Um, so I guess that's something that's like really worked, right? Um, outside of that, something that's actually worked quite well is like bringing Canadian club jugs to the Red Room. It's, it's such an interesting, it's such an interesting policy. But when, we, when I've told voters, look, we're going to bring Canadian club jugs to the Red Room, like they've gone and they've said, that's actually a really cool policy. I think you have my vote. So I think that's something that's really interesting. I think that's something that's like actually quite different from the other, the other parties. They're not actually promising that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess there's like two or like three different policies that, have actually been pretty um, popular with students when we're like chatting to them and when we're contesting conversations. Okay, so uh, it's now like December, mid-December, you just got voted in. What is like the first thing you do when you walk into office as a new president? Firstly, the T3, so uh, myself, Tristan and you, Chris, is gonna, are going to do a full review of the, univer- of the union's finances. Basically, we're going to see where we're at post-2020 we're going to see what we can do and how we can actually put our um, policies into action. 
in fact, the first policy we can actually put into action immediately is the transparent is um, bringing more transparency to the union. You know, we can all, we can already go onto like stalker space, for example. We can already go onto the union website. We can host a Q and A. We can say, look, we've recently been elected. This is the first day that we're we're in office. Um, we will commit to X, Y, Z. We're going to commit to the to a review of the finances in conjunction with the finance with the finance department within the union, um, and we're going to already consider our our policies and how we're actually going to put them into motion. I think that's the first thing that we're going to do. But I think more importantly as well, like just like using the Facebook page um, or the union's Facebook page, just like you know create more exposure to the union. Um, I think is something that's really, really important and I think something that we're going to do straight away. Okay, so this year you guys were knocked below the line um, due to some, like, regulations in the UK yeah. Union. Um, so do you think that kind of those kinds of regulations need to change or do you think anything needs to change, especially you've been talking about transparency? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the Constitution um, in particular, um, it's in my view quite an old document granted it does govern a lot of eligibility um however i think we'll need to look at that sort of review and you know we have to go obviously go to like a referendum to get it changed um however that's something that we want to look at and that we want to you know create the necessarily the necessary um governance regulations to actually you know review it right looking at the regs it's sort of easier to amend However, I think the interpretation of the regs is quite difficult if you're an average student um, because how we view it is that it was drafted by lawyers who sort of know what they're talking about. And in fact, we actually are currently using a law student to um, help us interpret the regs because they have that sort of necessary you know, have that sort of necessary expertise, and they've been like extremely helpful in actually, you know, interpreting our regs, uh, interpreting the regs of the union. So I think there's gonna, I think, um, like there's gonna be a point where you need to have a look at, you will need to have a look at the regs, um, especially with last year when the system can be easily gamed. Um, you know, someone can submit seven different tickets to guess a name and you never know like one of them could actually be the name of a party yeah um like this year for ex- this year for example like someone um someone submitted you know drew pavlou party which knocked drew pavlou fighting team below the line like that's something that i think really shouldn't happen it's actually quite unacceptable that it's happened um like the regs can be easily gamed and like all in all like they're just old right so like and they're old enough that you can actually exploit them for your own benefit and to knock others below the line because you know if it's not looked at then it'll happen again and again and again and if you have someone that you don't like right yeah you try to guess their name and there's you know there's a chance you'll actually get it right um so i think the regs do need to be looked at and do need to be reformed to a certain extent okay um well maybe final question uh so uh, actually, you know what? I won't bother with that. Yep. Okay. Okay, well, thank you very much for uh, coming here for this interview, Ian. Uh, no, and all the you. best for the campaign. Thanks so much, Sam. Um, yeah, really, really happy to be here.